in wisdom. Now, I know. James, the first chapter is where we're going to go and read. So let's just read those three verses. James 5, or verse, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. And we'll look to the Lord in prayer while you're hunting that up. Father, thank you again for the opportunity we have as your people to be what you'd have us to be in a special way. Guide us through the word this morning. Help us to be stronger in you when we leave than when we came because the Holy Spirit can speak to us and teach us what the word wants us to know. We need to understand what the two witnesses have for us each and every day. We just pray you'll just watch over and protect and uh, everything that's going forward, those that have a uh, issue and not able to be with us, may they take advantage of the website or may they get the word of God uh, distilled to them through your conscience and or through their conscience through your Holy Spirit. Just help in every way that all things work to your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, James uh, 1 verse 5 says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I mean, is that any of you lack wisdom? You're disappointed, but you're not raising all your hands. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and he shall be given him. But let him, let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. Now here the subject being, if you would, Wisdom from this portion of Scripture. Now I realize there are times when there are different things that happen in our lives that require different kinds of wisdom. And the word wisdom in a lot of cases um, has different applications. But in reality, I looked it up. Everywhere the word wisdom is used in the New Testament, it's the same Greek word. Okay? So we're going to, uh, you, however you apply it, it may be one thing or another, but it's still the exact same word. So to understand what James is speaking about and what we think of when we say the word wisdom, we all kind of need to consider where we're at, and maybe we should consider what wisdom means to us on a personal scale. Because not all of us, if you would, spiritually speaking, are on the same page with God. If you've been saved two weeks, you're, you're one place with God. If you've been saved 50 years, you're on another page with God, hopefully. Uh, hopefully you're still not on the same page as someone that got saved two weeks ago. There is a progression that happens, and God, as the Word tells us here, is the one that gives you the wisdom that you do have and the way you apply wisdom in your life. There's a lot of books been written on there, hasn't Rob? A lot of people have talked about wisdom. There's a lot of things that's said about wisdom. But, you know, some of the things I've heard people say about wisdom doesn't even apply to me. When I heard them say, I say, hmm, that means nothing to me. Because it wasn't what the Holy Spirit um, had shown me or what I felt I could use in that definition of wisdom. And I don't know how many's here this morning, but there's that, probably that many different opinions or descriptions in your minds as to what wisdom means to you individually. Because the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, does anybody here has got zero wisdom? Oh, only one? Okay. Well, but nonetheless, 
Um, what we're talking about, we all probably are on different levels of understanding as to how God gives it to us. So let me ask you this uh, uh, as we go along here and think about it with me and consider, do you know anyone that you can think of that has wisdom in one form or another? Of course you do. Amen. Notice, I didn't ask you if you know anyone that you think's wise. I asked you if you know anybody that you think has wisdom. Amen. There's a lot of wise people that don't have any wisdom, did I? I'll just throw that out there, and you can chew on that while we're here talking for the next three hours, and you'll figure out the difference between being wise and having wisdom. So let's fire up our brain cells this morning. If you need some sugar or something, uh, we can get something for you to get it going. And let's just study just a little bit on this subject here this morning. Let me say this statement first. We can't have wisdom unless you're wise. But yes, you can be wise without wisdom. Hmm. Did you get that? Wise and wisdom are not the same thing. But they're related. They're kissing cousins. They know each other pretty well. In my 71 years on this earth, I've met a lot of different people. Some, I'd say, are wise. Some, I wouldn't put them in the wise category. And, of course, there are those that are just plain dumb. But to some... The wise is taking what you know about the truth and using it to make your life better. I can relate to wise and relate to it as it being, if you would, uh, related to the word maybe smart. You know, people that are smart, that is something we can talk about. But even some smart people I know aren't wise. Well, in the definition that I use for wisdom, even though they're smart, they don't demonstrate wisdom when I look at their life. And again, I know some people that would never probably fall in the category of smart or wise, and yet I watch their life, and there's a lot of wisdom that's happening there. Amen? They seem to be doing pretty well when it comes to wisdom. The understanding of being smart or wise, for the most part, depends on what subject you're talking about. You know what I mean? I know guys got PhDs or masters or bachelors and all that stuff, college degrees in this particular area. They know it pretty well from a book standpoint. And yet when it comes to wisdom in their life, uh, some of them have some, some of them don't. It doesn't matter on... Uh, that portion of it, as far as being wise or smart, uh, it really depends on what subject you're talking about. And you could think somebody was a, a redneck hillbilly from nowhere and something, but if you've got a problem with your lawnmower, he's probably the one you need to talk to. Amen. Now, if you need brain surgery, don't go to the lawnmower repairman. Amen. It depends on the subject you're talking about when you consider someone wise or smart in that particular area. Amen. For me, uh, for the most part, 
I'm not very smart in the tech world. I just can't do it. Amen. I can turn on my laptop and search things out. Might take me 25, 30 minutes to figure out which page to go to and how to flip a page and how to get back home and how to go here, there, and yonder. And that's just not something I'm really good at. And sometimes, yeah, I can even find the answer I'm looking for. And so I also have an iPhone 10. Amen. Smartest thing I ever got. It's done away with dictionaries. It's done away with getting jokes. I can ask, I better not say her name or she'll tell me a joke. And she answers me when I tell her not to, you know. But she can tell me what the Reds did, who won, and, and she'll tell me where they stand in the standings. She can tell me whatever. All I have to do is ask her. And if I'm going to go somewhere and don't know where I'm going, I just give her the address. We're there. It's a done deal. So smart. What's the weather going to be? She's got it under control. Amen. iPhone. So smart. I don't have to be smart anymore. I got an iPhone. Amen. That's just the way it is. I can watch it by the minute how much money my stock is worth. Isn't that cool? I just sit there and smile at how rich I am just by looking at my iPhone. Wow. Isn't that great? And to be honest with you, I think of myself as pretty much ignorant in technology. It just is so fast and it passed me right on by while I was fixing mowers with a hammer and a screwdriver, technology right on past me. Amen? I think even those that are, I think, smart or on the right page even in technology have to work at it all the time because it's evolving really fast. You got to keep up with it as the wheels turn. Amen? So, uh, I can answer phone calls, I can send emails, I can get texts, I can send texts, I can do all kinds of stuff um, that uh, I can do on this phone, and I don't even know how I would even say that I have any knowledge about it. All right? Therefore, on the, in, the computer and the iPhone, I wouldn't grade myself really high on that subject. But now there are subjects... I'd test out a whole lot better. So then, where does that place me, if you want, in the total scale of being wise or smart? Who knows? Probably not very high, because most of the smart stuff that I think I have, not anything you're even interested in. So I wouldn't be very smart in your eyes. And the things that you need to know that I know, that's eh, not, it's trivial. You could find it from somebody else. You don't really need, he ain't very smart. That's just dude. Amen. So I just would like to take, if you would, that wisdom scale kind of thing and look at it uh, totally different. It's not based on your IQ or how you test out in college or how many degrees you have. Smart is, can you get by? Can you answer the questions you need to answer? Amen? I'm going to give you a little example here on the wisdom scale. How many times do you have to get burnt to find out a cook stove is hot? Don't take long. Most of you probably learned that before you had a whole set of teeth in your mouth. Amen? So... You learned that. Now, does the owner's manual tell you? Stoves can get hot and could burn you. 
Yeah. Who reads owner's manuals? Does the red light on your stove warn you not to touch it? It'll burn you. Mm-hmm. Or do we pay attention to those lights? Oh, that's just Christmas decorations. We don't pay no attention to that. Amen. But once you've been burnt, man, does the wisdom seek in then. Man, oh man, amen. Wisdom kicks in and stays right there, and you'll know from then on that you shouldn't be touching a hot stove. Amen? Let me say this. Your wisdom level is probably better known by your scars rather than your diplomas. Mm. So in verse number 5, James writes, as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, if any of you lack wisdom. Well, I got wisdom. I know not to touch the stove. And I can figure a few things out. Amen? So the first question we need to ask is, how do you know when you lack wisdom? Huh. How do you know when you're out of wisdom? Well, he says here, if you like it, you should ask for it. When do you know you need to ask for it? Ah, that's a better question. So when we see uh, things going on in our life that we don't have answers for, um, we'd understand that we need to find the answers for those and find the wisdom. Maybe a better way to get understanding is this thought is to ask, how many of us lack wisdom? You shouldn't have to raise your hand or stand up when I say that because uh, we want anybody to think less of you when you talk about wisdom and you stand up and say, I don't have any. But uh, come on. We're not all 100% full of wisdom. Not on every subject. You may have it in some subjects. You may have a little bit in other subjects. But I don't think there's too many of us that have everything nailed down in all subjects. Amen? Because you know what they say, you can fool some of the people some of the time, fool all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Amen. You're going to run into somebody pretty soon that uh, has wisdom that you might need in an area you've not considered because you haven't needed it in your life up to that point. Let me say this, and let me answer for dude. I've been saved and studying the Bible for more than 46 years. And there are times, it seems to me, I'm just getting started. Man, have I got a long ways to go in a lot of areas that I believe God wants me to have wisdom in. Now, do I know them all? Absolutely not. Do I have a little bit of knowledge on it? Well, I have the knowledge because I've read the scriptures from one end to the other. But that doesn't tell me everything God wants me to know because the Holy Spirit now can add to that through what we found in Sunday school, our conscience, amen? There are things that I know I shouldn't put my hands to because I'll get smacked for it, amen? Don't think so, ask my wife. She lets me know when I'm out of line, amen? So to say if any of you lack wisdom, that's kind of, to me, it seems like he shouldn't even ask that question because I, I don't know too many people that would say I got it all. So we all, at one time or another, may need to say, the best way to say it may be, okay, I need more wisdom. 
let's ask God. Amen. I would have thought James would have hit a few more nerves in people if he'd have said it that way. When you lack it, ask God. When you need more, ask God. Amen. Because that's the way it needs to play out in our lives. In reality, James is saying, let's be wise in our wisdom. Did you get that? Now, how are you going to get wise in your wisdom? Well, you're going to have to go to the true source of wisdom, and that being God. Amen? Now, when you ask, you'll find the rest of verse number 5 there to be accurate. Number 1, God giveth. The E-T-H on, the, on there means he gives and keeps on giving. It's continual. God continues to give wisdom. Why? We're going to continually to need it. Amen. We haven't got it all, so we need to, to get some more. So he giveth, and it says to all, and of course the word men, there's italics. That word didn't appear in the original writings. He just gives it to all. Are you part of all? Mm -hmm. You're one of the all. So he's going to give it to you continually. Amen. And he's going to do it liberally. Amen. That means you can have as much as you want. I've said many a times as a pastor and even before I was a pastor, people are as spiritual as they want to be. Amen. One thing you can say about being spiritual is God's not the one holding you back. Amen. That's one thing you can say about wisdom. If you're not as wise as you think you should be, it ain't God's fault. Amen. You can have as much of it as you want. Also, God says, or James says here, uh, God upbraideth not. How many times is the word upbraideth in the scripture? That's it right there. Now, uh, there are other times the word upbraid or whatever, but the, with the ETH on it in this uh, scenario is the only time that word appears in scripture. So but to upbraid means to reproach or revile. I don't know what all that stuff means. I'm not that wise. But the dude version of that says, God never tries to make you feel small in the requests you give him about wisdom. He's thankful when you take time to say, I need help in this area. Can you help me, Lord? And God says, I'm glad you asked because I've been doing it continually. I want to give you all the wisdom you want and need. And guess what? It shall be given him. God's on your side. God is all the wisdom you ever need. Amen. He's not going to give it to you all at once because that would make your head explode. Amen. He's going to be everything you need. He's not your enemy in wisdom. God knows that the more wisdom you have, the closer you will be drawn to the source of wisdom. And that's him. God wants to have fellowship with us. From Genesis, the first chapter, God told Adam, hey, men, use buds. Amen. I'll come down and walk with you in the cool of the day. If you need any help, let me know. He was, he was in charge of naming all the animals. Did you know that? God told Adam to name them. Why? Because God didn't know them. No, God knew every one of them. But he trusted him to name them. And guess what? 
I bet you he ran into a couple of things. He said, man, I never seen nothing like that fur. What should I call that thing? And he'd maybe pray and God say, yeah, call it a cat, you know, or a dog or whatever. And they got a name out of that. That's because he was trying to draw closer to God in what he was doing. So when we find that God wants to help us and that we need to look to him for the wisdom that he gives, we can look at that and say, ah, oh, now I know where to get wisdom. But in verse number 6 and 7, there's catches to it. The biggest catch, he says right off the bat, amen, you got to ask in faith. Did you know that? But let him ask in faith. The only way you're going to get wisdom is to ask in faith. Huh. Does that ring your bell? Uh-huh. Then he says, if you ask in faith, not wavering, or in other words, not doubting. Wavering means doubts. Amen. Now, a lot of people ask God what they should do. Give me wisdom on this particular situation in my life, God. Uh, but I don't think God's got the answer, so I'm still going to do it my way. Amen. That's what it is. They got a problem in their life that they stumbled over for months and months and months, and they ask God for wisdom on how to get past it. And God says, I'll tell you how to get past it. And then they just go on and forget what God told them or ignore what God told them, thinking they're going to get through it on their own. Amen? But the asking process has to begin in faith. You've got to believe that God wants to help you if you're going to get help from God in the wisdom department. You see, the truth of the matter is, if you don't believe, you won't ask. So that's where the faith comes in. Amen? So you probably won't even go to God unless your faith is strong enough to understand God has the answer for you. James explains that process to us as being like a wave of the sea driven by the wind. How many of us want to sit there and stare at the television when all Mike's got on there is waves crashing the beach? Amen? Amen. That's the way it is. We just sit there and are mesmerized and watch them. Wonder how come some are bigger than others? Do you ever stop and apply wisdom to that? Well, I'm not going to waste my brain cells because that's not how it is. And I already heard on the the radio this week, a guy was talking about the beach. He said, all the beach is is a desert with a hole in it. Think about it. <laughs> all right. But anyway, we're, we're uh, just like that sea. The waves just keep coming. They just keep crashing. Uh, let me say, uh, along with that thought, the wind even comes and goes to have an effect on those waves as well as the moon and everything else. But our faith should be the most consistent thing we have in connection with God. Waves get bigger, waves get smaller. The wind picks up and the wind settles down. But if your faith is consistent in God, you can go to him and ask for the wisdom you need. Amen. The Bible even teaches us in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? 
So faith is the only possible link we have to getting the connection we need. Hopefully, we've made that connection now, and faith has more to do with your wisdom than being wise or being smart. So let's be wise in wisdom. Otherwise, as verse number 7 says, you'll not receive anything of the Lord. Amen. Without faith, it just won't happen. All right, turn with me now. One page over. James 3. I don't have time to read the whole chapter, but it's a good chapter. And I don't know whether a lot of you know it or not, but it's based on wisdom. You know how I know that? Well, I'm going to tell you why in the next hour or two. But it starts out saying, where's the wars coming from? Where's all this fighting coming from? You know what? I've never seen a war that was fought where both sides were displaying wisdom. Hmm. That just doesn't happen, does it? Well, there's many things that offend and things that uh, do. And, of course, in all of that we're looking at here in the third chapter of James here. And, of course, in his mind, I don't know where the Holy Spirit's still saying, hey, keep writing, I'm not done telling you about wisdom. So in verse number 3, he tells us how we control horses. Amen. I've never seen a horse yet that weighed less than me. They all are bigger than me. They're all stronger than me. How am I going to control them when they're bigger and stronger? Oh, I know how. We can take a little piece of metal and tie a couple straps to it and put it on his face and it put that metal in his mouth and then when we pull the reins on one side or the other, that horse knows exactly what to do based on what we've trained him to do. Isn't that something? We just put a little old bit in the horse's mouth He'll do anything we want him to do. Amen. He'll go forward. He'll go sideways. He'll go backwards. Anything based on how you pull those reins attached to that bit in his mouth. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, how do we control the great ships on the ocean and in the great sea? Huh? There's a little paddle on the back. That's a little board. It's not very big. Compared to the size of the boat, it ain't hardly anything. And yet as the wind blows that giant ship across the water, somebody, one little guy back there, well, he probably is in timeout for being unruly on the boat. So that's the job they gave him to do. So he has to stand back there and wave that little paddle so the boat goes where it's supposed to go. Isn't that something? Just a little bitty thing controls all that ship. Now, he's getting us to a point here, and in verses 5 through 12, James reveals where our biggest problem with wisdom really is. 5 to 12, he's talking about your tongue. Hmm. Did you know your tongue is one of your biggest hindrances in your walk with God, in your wisdom, or with anything else you do? Amen. It's not that piece of beet that's flopping up and down inside your gums, but it's the words you use to uh, tell others or use in the presence of others that tells us whether your tongue is in the right spot or not. 
Verse 5 says it starts fires. How many have ever started a campfire with your tongue? Why, that's not what he's talking about. That's not the fire he's talking about. It's not the flames. But man, have you burnt people up with your tongue? Amen. Just let them cut you off on the expressway. Amen. You'll put that tongue right in action. Amen. Somebody pull out in front of you, you let them know exactly what your tongues are thinking. Amen. That happens. Amen. So if it starts fires, it can do a lot of damage. Amen. I'm just thankful when so I'm in that kind of mood that a guy in the car can't read lips. Amen. Then it says in verse 6, it's a world of iniquity. Wow. I don't know what you think of iniquity, but that's not on my bragging list of how much iniquity I have. Amen. Hopefully that's on the small list, if at all, in your life. You need to get rid of iniquity as quick as you can. But man, that tongue knows how to bring it out. If it's in there, he'll find it and put it out for everybody else to see. Amen. The tongue can do that. Amen. And it can put out that iniquity with the power to defile us completely if we'll let it. If there's one thing that'll always get you in trouble in your wisdom, it's that piece of meat flapping up and down in your jaws. It'll get you in more trouble than you can shake a stick at. Amen. I've met people that I thought of as having wisdom in their appearance, but then they started talking. And their wisdom meter started going in the negative direction. Amen. And then my opinion of them in the wisdom category went right out the window. Amen? Well, verse 7 says, No man, not you, not me, not no man, can tame the entire animal world. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. A man can tame the entire animal world. Is there any animal that's loose in the world that we haven't tamed? Man's not tamed it? There's some of them I don't care to be around. But there are people that can tame them. I know. I've watched the swamp people on TV. Amen. They catch them great big snakes. They're about 15 feet long or whatever, and they're that big around, and, man, they just jump right on them and put them in a sack and take them home. Amen. And they get paid for it. I think they make $150 for some of them big snakes they catch. I don't know who gives it to them, but they do. And then they catch crocodiles, and they go out and do all, oh, man, what's wrong with you? Leave them crocodiles alone. They ain't bothering you. I think we ought to put, get some of them, catch them, and put them in the Rio Grande. That'd probably help a couple of different problems. Amen. So, but when we think about it, man has tamed every creature in the world. You know how I know that? Because man's still here, and the animals are under control. Hmm. Now, if man couldn't tame them, they would overtook us all. We'd be gone. Man would be extinct. Huh? James knew that. Huh? But on the other hand, he says no man can tame his own tongue. Huh? Verse 8 says that. Wow. Now we can handle the crocodiles and the rattlesnakes, but stay away from the tongue. Right? 
Amen. It's full of unruly evil, full of deadly poison, it says. And that's why we need more wisdom from God to do our best to have a relationship not only with other people, but with God too. Amen. Verse 9 says, with the same tongue, we can bless God, curse man. That don't take no wisdom, does it? All you do is fly off the handle, say whatever you want. Amen. But you're going to have trouble blessing God and cursing men when your tongue's out of control. Verse 10 says, out of the same mouth goes two different directions. Verse 11 says, can the same fountain or well or whatever give sweet water and bitter water? You know that answer, don't you? It's an implied absolutely not. That never has happened. Amen. Verse 12, can you go to a fig tree and pick olives? Hmm. Nope. You can't even go to a tomato plant and pick beans. That just don't happen. That's not the way it works. That's not wisdom. Amen. That's not how it gets uh, accomplished. And then he also says again about the fountain or a well, does it bring forth salt water and fresh water at the same time? Nope. You know if you drink salt water, it'll kill you? Yet you can't live without fresh water? How about that stuff? Wow. All right. All right. From now on, verse 13 to 18 is going to get us to where we need to be when we talk about wisdom. Amen. This is where each of us are going to have to be wise in our wisdom. I mean, I'm going to read it to you because I got plenty of time. We got started early. Verse 13, who's a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. If you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, this wisdom that talks about all the bad stuff, descends not from above, but it's earthly and sensual, devilish, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But, that's a study word, what's it mean? On the other hand, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Let me read that to you from the everyday. Verse 13. There are some among you who are truly wise and understanding. Then they should show it by living right and doing good things with gentleness that comes from wisdom. If you are selfish, you have bitter jealousy in your heart, don't brag. Your bragging's a lie, and it hides the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from God, but from the world. It's not spiritual, it's from the devil. Where jealousy and selfishness are, 
there will be confusion and every kind of evil. But, again, verse 7, the wisdom that comes from God is first all pure. First of all, pure. Then peaceable, gentle, and easy to please. This wisdom is always ready to help those who are fair and honest. I missed a line, didn't I? Those who are troubled and who do good to others, it's always fair and honest. People who work for peace in a peaceful way plant a good crop, a right living. That's why I want you to have your bulletin because it says so right on front of it. Do you see that? Hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit. That's wisdom. Huh. Oh, about that stuff. Amen. Well, that's where we're at. For me, verse 13, James is drawing a line in the sand. He said, boys, here it is. We're going to talk about wisdom as earthly or heavenly. You choose. It's up to you. Amen. There's the, the two sources of wisdom. Verse 14, though, says, But if, that's another word, conditional, based on your choice, if you choose the earthly wisdom, you can have all you want. The devil's got a bigger supply, if you would, of false wisdom for you than God, if you would, has for you in true wisdom. Because he can make them up faster than God can relay them to us. Did you know that? The devil has a list of stuff he knows how to give just in your case. Amen. Amen. You'll see that wisdom, especially if you're on the interstate and somebody cuts you off. Amen. But then verse 15 says this wisdom, and he's talking about the devilish wisdom. Um, we don't want to pray for that, according to James 1 and 5. That's not what wisdom we're praying for, not that earthly wisdom. But in verse 17 is again the but, the other side of the wisdom, the true wisdom. This is the wisdom we need to be praying for more and more and more and more as we see the needs of that wisdom. That wisdom's from above. You know what's good about it? It yields fruit. Hmm. Now, think about that. What did he say we could get from a fig tree? Can we get olives from it? No, we can only get figs from a fig tree. That's wisdom, isn't it? Amen. Don't be deceived. Don't go out to a fig tree and expect to get olives. Huh. Even James in his day, in the first century, knew that was stupid. Well, that wasn't wise. I ain't supposed to say that word, am I? Okay. But then he says, on the other hand, what would be wise if you went to the fig tree looking for a fig? Amen. That's where they're at. Huh. How about that stuff? It yields fruit when we apply that wisdom. Amen? So that's the first thing, or the fruit that we can grow in our lives. And this fruit, according to verse 17, brings peace. Amen? If there's one thing the people of this world need more of, after wisdom should be peace. Amen? And that's the source of of it. When we put our faith in God, ask Him for wisdom, peace 
will automatically fill our saddlebags. Amen? It's a package deal. Amen? And people all over the world are looking for peace, praying for it, and the enemy says, I got exactly what you need. Follow my teaching here, and away you go. You'll oh. He gives them peace, but it's about 10 minutes worth. And then it's gone and fleeting. It's not the peace that it, uh, God gives us uh, eternally. Fruit that, can, uh, that you can grow that's going to show others what God can do in their lives. That's the peace we need to seek after. If we find that kind of peace, we'll be what God wants us to be. The wisdom shown in verse uh, 15 through 17, the wisdom from above, this is a wisdom most of people all around the world would consider us to be wise if we use this kind of peace. Amen? That's where the wisdom would come in when we use God's wisdom to apply to our situations. But God considers the wisdom of those in verse 17 and 18, no matter how smart the world thinks you are, if you don't have this kind of wisdom directing your life, you're only fooling them or yourself. You're not fooling God in the wisdom department. Amen? You're way ahead of all those doubters in God's eyes if you seek the wisdom that he has for us that's from above. That's where we need to find our wisdom. All right, we just need to be wise in the choosing of our wisdom because it shows the world around us our true character in everything we do. Let me ask you the question again from James 1 and 5. If you lack wisdom, what's your next step? Ask God. Amen? Ask him for more and more and more and more because you're going to have situations today, this afternoon, this evening, tonight, tomorrow. The devil's always going to be throwing something in your path that you're going to have to apply wisdom to to get beyond the doubts that the devil's going to throw your way. Amen? So no matter how smart the world thinks you are, if you don't use the wisdom that God gives you, you're falling behind. <coughs> Amen. <coughs> so, let me con conclude with this thought. To have to ask for wisdom, is that a sign of weakness? Based on what we've talked about, that is farthest thing from weakness if you have the time and effort put into asking God for wisdom. Amen? It's not a sign of weakness. As a matter of fact, it's a sign of faith. It's a sign of wisdom. And it's a sign of peace going into your bank account. Amen? Now, just like nobody has too much wisdom, nobody has enough peace, it doesn't seem like, because this world is full of turmoil and trouble, and it wants to drag you down at every hand. So if you get with God who made us and keeps us walking the way he wants us to walk, 
We're going to walk in the wisdom that he has for us. We just need to be wise in our wisdom. Amen? Don't let the devil fool you. There's two kinds. He can even paint his up and make it look really nice. Amen? He can give you a real shiny portion of his wisdom, but sooner or later the luster will wear off, and it won't be the wisdom you thought it was when the devil offered it to you. But one thing about God's wisdom, it never gets outdated. It never wears out. It's always good for this year and next and all the years past. It always is up to date when you use it in a godly manner. Amen? So let's be wise in our wisdom and be what God wants us to be. And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it. Let